Hello, hello, and welcome to DCAF, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Taylor and Mark back here. Mark actually just complimented my shirt before we started recording. Um, I'm always up here working the baseball season, and I'm fired up about it. I haven't made plans to go to any Braves games, but we have plans to go to a Cubs game while we're in Chicago. I've never been to Wrigley Field, so I'm very excited about that. Mark is always repping Marquette, and Beacon today. Mark, show us your t-shirt. Let's oh, yeah, I am where I, I, I <laughs> didn't even think about that. Yeah, Revin that vegan. that's actually one of the first the first outfits or whatever I like that you wear that's sports related because you kind of like the weird like you like the like things that kind of look old school but aren't like you're in all your Alabama Alabama no matter what you say about them they have gross colors that it, it's a terrible color scheme. Are you kidding me? I the look braids. I look incredible in crimson. I will wear crimson until the day I look so mm-hmm. good in crimson. I mean, I know you think that, um, but what I would say is I really like the blue. I, I like the, the Braves blue and red. I think that's a nice color scheme. So I feel like, and there's so many teams that I just hate their color schemes and the, and the more, and like, I love Notre Dame, but their color scheme's not great. So unless they had, I, I think you need a dark blue to make your colors look good. I think like it makes the red look good, but I do like that. One of the very first things that, that I've liked that you've worn, it's a sports thing, but I think it's cool looking. It is cool looking. And we'll talk about some teams. I'll actually sprinkle that in because we're going to talk about baseball here in a little bit, and I'll sprinkle in the teams that I think have the most atrocious colors. Um, I will give a shout-out to Auburn for having the worst colors in the entire world. I think orange and blue are disgusting together, but I think that might just also be my bias against Auburn. Who Yeah, I don't agree. It's fine. Some of their uniforms are a little bit funky, but the overall color scheme's okay. Oregon's got the worst colors. Oregon Oregon is tragic, and we'll talk about that, too, because we're going to talk about (laughs) Nike here in a few minutes, and we'll talk about Oregon and their relationship with Nike here in a little while. But before we get to that, um, I have never been a local news watcher. I just don't watch the local news. But I am dating a fella who is like an 80-year-old person on the inside and watches the local news every day. And so much to my dismay, I've watched a lot of local news. And one of the headline stories last night was how Flora, the flower, or no, not Flora, the flower shop, which has locations in East Nashville and in Belmead, um, has stirred up some controversy, refusing to do a floral bouquet for an RNC fundraiser here in Nashville. Their statement was interesting, and I didn't necessarily disagree with the statement that they made, which was, we're not against conservative causes. We just want to draw attention to gun rights, whatever. They have the Mm. political leeway to make any statement they want. And I think that's the point. Probably not gun rights, probably. I mean, anti-gun. Yeah, 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 gun restrictions. (laughs) Sorry, gun restrictions. But I think, and I think that that's the point that I'm trying to make here, is any business has the political leeway to, has the leeway to make a political statement through their business no matter what. And I think the interesting thing that's coming out of this is, and I think like Mark and I do, a hypocrisy moment every time we talk about uh, issues, is just a few years ago, there was massive controversy stirred up over a bakery that simply refused to make a cake for a gay wedding. And it went all the way. Didn't it go to the Supreme Court? Like, it was a big, big, big deal. And now we see, because of the precedent set by that, that they were allowed to refuse to make a cake based on their political beliefs or beliefs in general. Other businesses now feel empowered to do it, and it continues to stir up controversy. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say anything about the cause that they, either cause, the bakery or the flower shop, but I think it's an, an, two interesting things here. One, 
it was absolutely just trashed when the bakery decided to do what they did. But then now the flower shop is being praised for doing what they're doing. Hypocrisy moment of the day. They're both making a statement based on their beliefs of what they do and don't want to do. But B, the fact that that case went through set a precedent that companies are allowed their free speech to say if a company is owned by someone, that someone is allowed to make a free speech statement based on what they choose to do with their company. I don't know if you agree with me at all on that, Mark, but I do think it's an interesting dichotomy to see one thing happened a few years ago and become a big deal. This thing is only being covered by the local news. It's not, it, it hasn't seemed to make national news as far as I've seen, but there is a precedent that now exists. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we've said in the past where as soon as, you know, like th this is not the first time it's happened recently. I mean, I know that there's been some, you know, different websites deplatforming conservatives or people that they consider to be extreme or whatever. And it does show you, though, the, the same issue we continue to have. It's like Republicans were all, you know, defending that cake shop and they don't have to make the cake. But when they a private company kicks them off their platform, right, or they won't do the RNC, now they're all up in arms about how this is not right and we need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, same the other way where, you know, Democrats were saying or people on the left were saying, oh, you should have to make a cake for them because you're, you're, you know, you're being a bigot, which, you know, doesn't. Whether they're being a bigot or not is not illegal. So that's that's kind of where you have to think about it. But now, they're, you know, of course, they're the ones who are partaking. I, I've kind of seen the same type of thing with cancel culture where that seemed to be something that the left started to do. And now the right seemed to be participating a little bit where I'm seeing, you know, they're trying to get people who are saying things they don't like fired. It's just it's a bad it's a bad precedent. And you and you see that everybody, you know, every single person that I've dealt with, it, it, their values are only, you know, values until it affects somebody they like well the left or somebody they hate the left waged a war against chick-fil-a and the right said forget you the right's now waging a war against bud light and the left saying bud are light. you kidding me it just is and i think that people need to take a good hard look in the mirror you're more than welcome to not patronize businesses that don't support your values yeah. you are more than welcome to do that but before people become keyboard warriors and get on twitter and start bashing people for supporting or not supporting or whatever, look in the mirror and see if you've done the same thing, which you're well within your rights to do. I'm not by any means yeah. saying don't don't actually do that. But when you think about the concept behind it and start canceling people or trashing cancel culture, are you a participant in it? I think that that's what I'm trying to get at here is these businesses have the right to refuse business or grant business based on what they want to do. And that's their right. You as a consumer have the right to patronize or not patronize a business. If you don't like Bud Light, switch to Miller. I would not recommend it. It's gross. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like Chick-fil-A and their values, switch to Zaxby's. Wouldn't recommend it. Nothing's better than Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, but you have the right to do that. And um, I think people getting up in arms and making it these big national news stories just continues to point out the hypocrisy of businesses, consumers, and media. There, I said it. <laughs> As a culture, I think we really need to take a step back and say, in my opinion, people are boycotting brands and businesses just over the last 20 years for things that really aren't that important. I understand you, you have the right to do it. You can do whatever you want. But, you know, I, I see some, you know, some people on the right saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, boycott Ben and Jerry's or and, and you can you have every right to do it because they have liberal leanings. Like my kind of opinion is I don't really boycott anything. 
unless the money I'm spending is going directly to a cause that yeah. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with. Yes. Like I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy um, Taliban ice cream. If the Taliban <laughs> sold ice cream, I would not buy that. Yeah. So like I, I, I don't think I do. it would be very good either. But then, then again, no, no. I don't think Ben and Jerry's is very good. I'm a Bluebell girl till the day I die. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it's like, and, and I just, I, for the most part, now everyone's allowed to do what they want. I'm not criticizing anybody. I just think that it's gotten to the point where, like, I think a boycott used to mean something. Right. You know, and I don't know that it does anymore. I think it just means, oh, this person is not politically aligned with me. Now, with that being said, there's some boycotts that are ineffective, and the, the Chick-fil-A one was one that you talked about. That was not effective. <laughs> it didn't work. They, they, their sales went up. And, you know, I, I would just like consistency between p- things, and I think that we, for the most part, try to do that in our own life, mm-hmm. where we're like, oh, this is bad when they do it. It's also bad when they do it. I don't, you know, I, companies should be able to do what they want. Is my opinion. People should be able to boycott what they want. They, get, they, don't, they shouldn't have to buy anything. That's part of what a capitalist system is. You're allowed to complain about it. You can not go there. That's great, too. But, like, that's kind of okay. The, the issue we have is when the government gets involved in that, I think. I, that's not their role to say who you should be, you know, who you should be buying from or who you have to sell to no matter what, you know? I agree. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think my issue is the blatant hypocrisy of it. You know, like... I think that the flower shop shouldn't make flowers for something they don't believe in. I think a cake baker shouldn't make a cake for something they don't believe in. I, I'm I'm fully on board with that because I'm a free speech absolutist. And that's just yeah. like, I will, I will, that's a hill, I will, free speech is a hill I will die on. And um, to make a big political say, and if people want to boycott flower shop, they probably will. If people want to boycott Chick-fil-A, they're probably going to do the same thing. People are going, there are action, there are consequences to actions that shouldn't make the action itself frowned upon or, or whatever or make businesses not feel empowered to make those decisions um i think it is i i just brought it up because i think it's interesting that the cake controversy was such a huge controversy but now the same thing's happening chastising the other political side and it's not as big of a controversy um i feel like it'll probably fizzle out and we won't hear about it anymore but again i guess that might be because of the legal precedent that was set but i do think we need to look in the mirror and think about our thoughts Think about what, how we're <laughs> reacting to these things. You should be, and that's the thing, you should do whatever you want. Like there's, <laughs> nobody's judging you. I just, I don't care to do that. You know, I don't care to to join in with these boy guys unless there's something that is absolutely like, my money's going to something that's absolutely harming. Uh, speaking of taking it or leaving it, NPR has uh, left it. So <laughs> there has been some controversy stirred up by some of Elon Musk's new Twitter policies. Um, one of those being that he has decided to, and I think it's a good decision, label government-funded media as government-funded media. You know, we at Beacon did some uh, forecasting, I guess, a few years ago, strategic forecasting. And, and one of, we went through a bunch of different scenarios of, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And one of the scenarios that we came up with was, what if government-funded media comes to the forefront? And and what what would we do in that situation? And it, the point was made, well, there already is some NPR and public television. And there are those things. Most media is not, but some is. And what do you do in a situation like that? Um, well, now Twitter is calling out government-funded media for what it is. And NPR has taken offense to that. Mark, you've, you've been on top of this. What's going on? And how do you feel? I feel great. I mean, I think that, you know, the, I, feel great. I actually really, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just generally have an issue um, with NPR getting government funds to begin with. I don't think that is the role of government. The government should be funding, you know, a, a news outlet, which you can say what you want. And I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's political, but it clearly has a lean 
and it, it is clearly a left lean, and the government is funding that. So I'm against that in the first place. I don't think government funding should go towards NPR. I don't think it should go towards PBS. I just don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, they they do take that money, and it's insane to me that they're so upset that that's like being advertised. Like they're not. They said, "Oh, we're not government funded media or whatever because we we have full editorial power." It's like I don't think you know what the term government funded media means. Mm-hmm. That means they're paying it, and they had this whole campaign about how they couldn't. You know, they couldn't survive without without taxpayer funding. Um, so it's not like they're not hiding it, but now they don't want people to know that. I guess they just, you know, they don't want to lose what they consider to be their credibility. But you are government funded. That's a fact. You, like, you know, and that's something when you're getting money from taxpayers, taxpayers deserve to know. And they can judge you on your own merit. If they think that you're not, you know, biased, then great. If they think you are biased, then that that's fine too. But you shouldn't be able to hide from what you are. And I, I love that Elon Musk highlighted that same thing with the BBC. I know. So he's done a great job. I give him credit for doing that. I don't agree with everything he's done for sure, but I really like that, that people should know that they are government funded. And when there's, you know, types of things like fact checking mm-hmm. the government on COVID or having a COVID policy, it's like, well, you know, you're funded by these people and you seem to be, you know, covering for them at this point. So it makes you really think it. It's just going to make, it's going to make, have to make their journalism better if people know that because everyone's going to see the connection and you can't just, you know, carry water for the government. I know. I, I do think it's an important point that they did say they have full editorial control. I mean, yeah, they're, the government is not their editorial board by any means. However, they know who's buttering their bread. They know where the money's coming from. And so... Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important distinction for other people to know because I was even talking to someone about it yesterday and about this topic and they said, well, I thought that NPR was like public funded, like it was funded by donations. And I was like, not entirely. I mean, yeah. it, even with- About 10% is from the government yeah. from, and by us, taxpayers. Yes. And I think that um, even when you watch PBS, which it's no secret, I'm a big PBS watcher. That's like, that's my channel, my Downton Abbey and all my British shows. Um before a show on PBS, it will say funded by the U.S. arts. It's like the the art, the endowment for the mm. arts and viewers like you. It, it, it's, it shouldn't be a secret. It's not a secret just because it says public radio or public television. Yes, there are a lot of donations up to which I have donated because I love Downton Abbey and I don't want it to go away. But... A, a, not a majority, but a portion of that is coming from the government. And if a portion of it is coming from the government, it's government funded. There, there's not a lot of nuance there. It either is or it isn't. And it is. And if they're going to pitch a fit about it, again, they have the choice to support Twitter or not. They have a choice to be on Twitter or not. I think that was like a huge thing that we talked about when Elon Musk was first buying Twitter. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, our free speech is going to be shut down. It's like, no, it's not. You have a choice to be on Twitter or not. You can go out in the town square like they used to back in the day and still say everything you wanted to tweet, even if you're taken off Twitter. It's not a free speech infringement because Twitter is not government. If, if NPR wants to be off of it, more power to them. Make my feet a lot less uh, stressful. I'll say that. <laughs> And we have to live in it. We can't live in like a post-factual world because that's what it seems like we're doing now. You could have whatever opinion you want on NPR, on PBS. I don't care. I don't listen okay. to it. I'm not against it. I just don't listen to it. PBS, I don't watch you know, children's shows, so I'm not really on there as much. But the, it's a fact that it's government funded. I, I hate that they – I hate that they're even arguing. That's a fact. When you're arguing about just basic facts like that, how can I trust you to deliver me news when you're arguing whether you're government funded or not? When it's on, it's everywhere. It's, it's a there. fact. It's you there. can't act like that's not a fact. And you're losing credibility with people like me, who otherwise I, mean, I think NPR and Nashville, 
I mean, half the time they're fine. Half the time, I mean, they, they, they clearly have a little bit of left bias, mm-hmm. but fine. But you're losing credibility with people like me. It was like, you're government funded. We know you're government funded or taxpayer funded, however you want to say it. Like, just acknowledge it and move on. Just like, but don't when lie. you're trying to fight with that, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, you're just acknowledge- you're just fighting with very basic facts. It's like, that's like saying, oh, I don't think the sky's blue as you're looking up. It is. It so is. stop. Like, just say, we're government funded. We don't think this label is necessary, but don't argue with the the semantics of it because you are. And just because you don't like that, then stop being government funded. You don't have to worry about it. It's, it's just pretty simple to me. And I'm annoyed at the way they're handling it, to be honest. And, and then they're, you know, Taking their taking their ball and going home, saying, "Oh, we're not going to be on Twitter anymore." Fine, I, I don't miss you. I don't like. I don't care. <laughs> and it's also fine you do that. I just don't care. You have to announce your your departure. I know it's it's harkening back to the days of COVID when they were like, "I'm so distressed." All the celebrities were like, "I'm so distressed to have COVID." It's like good for you. Go take some talent on, lay down for a little while. NPR, you're leaving Twitter. Great. See you never. Like, don't like. I I wouldn't have even noticed if they disappeared from my feed. Bless their hearts. And I say bless your heart in the most facetious type of way. Um, we can we can move on and stop talking about that, but we would love to hear your thoughts about what you think if, about NPR leaving Twitter. I feel like I kind of know what the consensus would be, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, let's talk about baseball. I Like I said, I'm always repping the A. And the Braves have started off pretty well. I know there was a, there was a heartbreaker for, for the home opener. But the Braves have started off well. I get the notifications every night. My brother-in-law actually, he, direct is expensive. And my brother-in-law and I share an account and we split it for the sake of watching Braves baseball. And every single time I turn on my direct TV, it's already on the baseball game because my brother-in-law's watching it. And I, and I love to see that. <laughs> um, the Braves are off to a good start, but the Rays, I did not realize this. Dude, the Rays are like, soaring this year what did you say was their stat for this year best start since what, what well is they're it? 12 and now if they win one more game it's the best start since 1900 jeez okay so how much i i knew that the padres spent a lot of money this year that was dinner table conversation at easter that the padres spent a ton of money this year the rays i guess mm. did the same thing um they did not no no oh. that's the thing that's like they're they've one of the lowest payrolls in baseball what? They develop their talent. Yeah, it's pretty much all homegrown. They kind of sign kind of like these free agents, but they don't have any money. So they always have to do that. They're just, I mean, they, they've been good the last couple of years and they just got off to a good start. They have a lot they of good, good role pieces, but I bet you don't know. I mean, this is the, this is how you can tell, but can you name one player on their offense? No, no, I literally That's can't. what I mean. They, they have a bunch of guys who like are not, you know, national names that just work together and, and you know, they, they play well. They have all the right pieces where they have some power. They have a really good, you know, lefty righty thing where they kind of have a whole different lineup when they're in lefties versus righties. And then if they switch in the middle of the game, they have great, you know, pinch hitters that can come in and take on the other, the other side pitcher. They're a great, great managed team, good pitching. Um, wow. They're going to be a handful. It, it's always the, you know, they're good. It's always when you get to the playoffs. Can they do it, you know, without the top tier talent of these others? And it, so far, the answer has been no. They made the World Series a couple of years ago. Was that against the Braves? No. Did the Braves beat them? Or no. It was the year before. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, the but yeah, never, I mean, it's, it's, we it's, haven't it's, played them in, in playoffs. It's always yeah, us and the Dodgers great, and a, Phillies. It's a great story. Um, and it's really cool to see. And it's just, you know, it just shows you that, you know, a good structure, good management, um, you don't need all the money to win. You, you know, and the, the Padres mm-hmm. are going to spend all this money. The Yankees are going to spend all this money. And, you know, one of them might not make the playoffs. I mean, the Rays are, what, five or six games above the Yankees who have a payroll like 30 times their, their size. So it's cool to see it doesn't – it's not just about money. And you have to be careful with who you sign. You have to, like, actually get a farm system going. 
So it's great to see that. I don't think they probably win at all, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be like watching like a like a movie. You know, they have a good farm team. They've got good homegrown talent. Someone should make a movie about this. Someone should snatch up the rights to to the Rays if they if they do make a run for it. <laughs> the problem is that once these guys get good, they don't. They basically have this thing where they're not going to resign them. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money to resign them, so they kind of have to get this good structure of like these undervalued veterans that other teams don't want and these young guys and kind of make it so that when they need to be resigned, they have new young guys to replace them. And, and they're tra- they trade a lot of good guys at the trade deadline because they want young guys who cost less. I mean, uh, that's pretty good business sense to, to keep the program going yeah. and, and grow the talent. That's not bad. Not bad. I don't hate it. People don't like it though, oh. <laughs> because they, they say they have no, you know, they have no, these people have, you know, won all these games for them and they have no loyalty to them because as soon as they're good, yeah. like we can't pay you. Sad. Well, I know. That's but sad, I mean, but they could take less, they, they could, they could take less money if they wanted to stay, you know? That's true. You always, you always could do that. Um, I did say that I would mention the teams that I think have the very worst colors. It's really just one. The Padres, it literally, Pir- it, it oh. literally hurts my eyes. Who, who are you going to say? I think you said the Pirates. Cause I, oh, I the hate Pirates players. are bad too. The Pirates are really bad too. There's just some I, – I just feel like – and I know that not every team can be red, white, and blue, but it is America's pastime. And I love, like, a red, white, and blue thing. Like, the Cubs and the Red Sox. Like, I love, like, the, the red, white, and blue of it. Even the Phillies. I hate the, the ra- Phillies. The Rangers, the Rangers have the best one. That, yeah. And that's red, white, and blue, too. The Rangers look good. I love I love the the caricature kind of, like, the, the little Rangers logo and everything. It, it looks good. But, you know, red, white, and blue, America's pastime – all these teams that have like green and brown, I'm, I'm not interested. Next, that's that's not cute hmm. to me. Um, speaking of sports, should we do our predictions too, so we can we can go back and say who we th- what we think is going to happen? Wait, not yet. Let me let's do it next week. I need one. Oh. I need another week. Okay, oh, okay. Well, you, can, you can make yours, and I'll fight you on it next week if you want to. Who do you think is going to make a run? Okay, like well, I got I got Blue Jays winning it all over the Braves in the in the really. Side, so. Yep, that's sad. I don't like that. So I'm. I'm I'm saying you're gonna make the World Series. That's a pretty like positive thing. That's a pretty positive thing. Blue Jays also good colors. Um, okay. I'll, yeah, really good. I'll do some research and decide what I think. But you know me, I'm biased and I can't actually make picks. I I will always <laughs> pick the Braves. I will always pick the Crimson Tide, and I will always pick Justin Thomas, even though my guy JT did not make the cut last weekend and absolutely ruined my Masters fantasy lineup. So sad. <laughs> JT and Rory didn't make it, and but I will always be loyalist to JT and Rory because they're loyal to the Crimson Tide, the PGA. What? I didn't know you liked Rory, so I I won money. I took him to not make the cut at ten to one. Oh, sad. so I, I won a bunch of money on it. It's been great. What are you talking about? I made <laughs> one bet on golf. It is. I like. I feel like you get these overrated those overrated golfers at good numbers to miss the cut because all they need is you know one or two one bad round basically when they they can miss the cut. I know, and I was I was going for Rory this year because I don't know if you watched Full Swing on Netflix. Um, but it was a the yeah. the last episode was a Rory episode and it was showing how he was fighting for the PGA when all those golfers were going to live and I'm just I'm for Rory now because I'm going to fight for the PGA I know we have different thoughts on that but I'm I'm fighting for the PGA. Um, oh, he's so he's so annoying. He's such a little whiner. That's all he does is whine about stuff and say maybe he should focus more on his own games than the LIV golfer so he can actually make a cut. That might be a better way to go about it. Sad. Where I think the LIV had three of the top six players, so I don't think that he needs to be talking about that and maybe. And he even said that. He basically said, I'm way too focused. I need to worry my, about my own game. So he hopefully does. he actually listens to his own advice. I thought, so. I thought it was going to be his he, year. He's the worst. He came in second last year, and I thought this was going to be Rory's year. But I think he's just all covered up with defending the PGA. And that was sad. 
what she doesn't need to be. Nobody's asking to be, and he's making them look bad, to be honest. He's, he's making stupid points and actually generally making them look horrible. But if he focuses on his own game, I think he'll be in better shape. It's weird that you like him because he's the worst. I'm a PGA loyalist, and that's why I like him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's still he's still the worst. You can be a PGA loyalist and not be not cheer for him. I mean, he's awful. I think he's precious, <laughs> and he has a daughter named Poppy, and Poppy is one of my desired baby names. And so me and Rory have – have you're, you're frowning. You don't like it. We have similar minds. Um, before we go, let's talk about one more little sports marketing topic. So I saw the movie Air the other night, and I didn't know if I was going to like it because I tend to think that a lot of those movies with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are just like an excuse for them to work together. Like they kind of end up not very good. Like uh, that that movie that I saw like the last night or something like that, it wasn't great. It was actually kind of like the saddest movie I've ever seen. Um, but Air, I absolutely loved. I called my mom and I told her how much I loved it. I was in a group text with all the people that I went to see it with. We talked about how much we loved it. It was so good. And here's what I liked about it. There are very few sports movies that I feel like do it right. Now, The Blind Side, all-time favorite. Read the book. It's incredible. Um, The reason I liked this movie is because it didn't focus on the game. It focused on what was going on behind the scenes. So, if you don't know what Air is about, it's about Michael Jordan's legendary deal with Nike to get the Air Jordans to happen. What I loved about this movie is you don't really see Michael Jordan at all. The actor that plays him has no lines. You don't see his face. His back is always turned to the camera. It's not about him. It's about the people that worked hard and busted their butts to make this deal happen and the dynamics and the business dynamics surrounding it and the genesis of Nike and the fact that they were just this little shoe company in Oregon that went public and then were running shoes before they were basketball shoes. And now everyone's got Nike. I was looking around after the movie. People were wearing Nike hats. I was wearing Nike shoes and a jacket. People wear Nike. And back in the day, I was talking to my mother about it. And she said that she went to San Francisco back in the 80s and bought a pair of Nikes. And she didn't even know it was pronounced Nike. She was calling them Nikes. But then (laughs) Nike, like, Nike made a big deal after they signed Michael Jordan. And they designed a shoe that was not cool with the NBA because it wasn't all white and they paid his fines every single game so that he could wear these shoes. It was an incredible movie about the mastery of these sports marketers and the people that make the deals behind the scenes that allow these athletes to wear the things that we love. And I thought it was a great movie, but Mark, I know you have some hot takes on Michael Jordan himself and I cannot wait to hear what they are because, you know, I'm not an NBA girl. Don't really care. Here for the shoes. Yeah, I think that, like, I know that this is not directly about him, um, but Michael Jordan is a, like, certified, you know, scumbag. I mean, he is not a good person. Oh. It's very clear <laughs> that's the case. Um, I like what you just said, and, and I feel like I should make a little logo that says certified scumbag that we can just, like, <laughs> label the people that we think are scumbags. It, it, it's interesting that, like, you know, some of these people, there's this like cult around them, yeah. but like they're actually not great players and they're not even great teammates. I know. They're just like, like the idea that he has, he, and he has such thin skin that like him and Charles Barkley used to be best friends. He doesn't even talk to him anymore. I know. Well, I will like, say in the movie, they did kind of dig at him a little bit, making him seem like this pretentious, arrogant kind of like jerk oh, like for sure. he wouldn't even take a he wouldn't he wouldn't take a, a meeting with nike and i remember he covered up the reebok symbol on olympic gear because he didn't want to be wearing reebok like he is a, a little a lot pretentious and they did kind of dig at him a little bit in the movie which i kind of liked 
One of the things I read about the movie is its whole Hall of Fame speech was one of the worst things you can ever imagine. It was the biggest ego-driven, I'm so great speech of all time. And they aired part of his speech at the end of that movie. And during the credits. And it was pretty clear. Yeah, it was pretty clear that he had say over what part was there because they made sure it was like the, all the positive things and not the things that he got really trashed with. So the part, is, the part that they aired, I don't know if he had say because the thing about the movie is it's all about the relationship say. between the guy at Nike and his mother. And the part that they aired in the movie during the credits was only what he said about his mother. So it made his mom look really good. And it just was like, this is a speech about his mom. Um and that's and that's all I. It's been an saw. issue he's had. It's been an issue he's had generally though, where like they did the whole series on on. I guess it was Netflix. The, the, the last the dance series talked about that last dance, and that was fully he had full editorial control, and he said he would not be in it at all or have anything without full editorial control. So it was all just propaganda based on what Michael Jordan saw at the time. That's all it was. Well, he made the teammates he didn't like look bad, and. I, I'm not saying I know, obviously I don't know this for a fact, but I would be shocked if he didn't have some say in what was aired at the end because that speech went down as one of the, and he talked about Nike actually in that speech, but as while he was just bragging and just having this whole ego trip about what a great player he was. And like, it was universally panned. Like people were like, wow, what an a-hole. Well, they kind of made him look like a little brat in this movie. He won't take well, he a meeting. Is. He won't do this. He <laughs> won't do that. So if he did have control, it was probably only over the part of the speech that was aired because the rest of the movie made him look like a little brat, a talented brat, but a brat. But I think what I loved he about is. it was yeah. the relationship between Sonny at Nike and his mother. And he went to visit. And I, I thought, I, I just think, Everything, you know, we see what's going on in sports of what's going on on our TV. We don't realize all the things that go on in the background of the brand sponsorship deals, the development of the players and their personal brands. And that's what I think is so interesting is the actual marketing of sports. So I give the movie a 10 out of 10. I, I think that Ben Affleck is constantly portrayed as a caricature of himself. And he is as playing Philip Knight, the CEO of Nike. He just is like a caricature of a human, which I think is so funny how Ben Affleck just is that these days, but it's a great movie. He does a great job. It's touching. I had chills. I I just thought it was an incredible sports movie and a sports movie done right. So 10 out of 10, everyone should see it. Ben Affleck's a great actor. And also Phil Knight has become like under fire a lot recently too. And, you know, because of all of his political donations. Oh, I did see that. I forgot about that, but I did see that. I know people are. And Nike's actually, we're talking about Nike. Like you talked about this Nike. That's like, they're actually another brand that people are starting to boycott because they also have a relationship with what Dylan Mulvaney. Right. They do. Well, I remember the Colin Kaepernick stuff when people started boycotting them. That's I mean, right. people have been boycotting Nike right. for a long time. But my favorite exercise pullover is Nike and my favorite tennis shoes are Nike. So I'm really not going anywhere. But you have the right to if you want to. If that's what you yeah, want, yeah. <laughs> you have the right to do that. And we will never trash you for that. You have the right to. Um, Mark, any final thoughts before we sign off for the day? Nope. Looking forward to going to Milwaukee next week. So we'll be doing this from a different location. Yes. <laughs> Mark will be remote next week and Sloan will be with me. So that's that for this episode of DCAP. If you don't already, subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's been great to join you this week and we will see you next time.